Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is Allison here with MSW Lounge in the beautiful Austin, Texas. Uh, you're about to hear a lot from me, actually. The guys decided that this show uh, should be where I tell a little bit of my story, so um, we won't get too much into that now, but we did have a good time. It gets pretty deep, but... Um, you know, I think everyone thinks it feels deep when they're talking about their own story. So, uh, yeah, that being said, <laughs> um, we had a great time as always. Um, the guys here are very caring and very open to listening to whatever anyone has to say. And they put on a great example of um, what we do when a client comes in and has some dark stuff that they don't necessarily want to share, but they know they need to. So, that being said, um, I think you're really going to like this show. We talk about some taboo things. And uh, yeah, please make sure to leave us a five-star rating and review the podcast on iTunes. Um, we have enough ratings to have a five-star rating streak now, so thank you guys for that. Um, please make sure when you hit the stars at the bottom of your podcast app um, at five stars that you also just leave a quick little note. Um, as far as like what you like about the show and uh, we'll read those off on here. You can find us at HDYH podcast on Twitter and we are using the hashtag uh, hashtag HDYH pod to take any topic ideas or questions or comments or anything y'all want to say related to the show. Um, put those on Twitter or comment on SoundCloud or anything like that, you know there's a million ways to reach us on social media. We are um, at MSW Lounge on Facebook, all that fun stuff. Uh, so get in touch with us. Share the podcast with your friends. That's how we grow this thing. That's how we spread the, the knowledge of health and um, continue being able to bring you guys these awesome talks, myself notwithstanding. There's been plenty of more interesting people on this podcast. Um, so, uh, and we have plenty more planned to come. We're really excited for the people we have lined up next. So please take the time to rate and review, tweet us, and please more than anything, share the podcast with friends and family, get them to subscribe and rate and review as well. That way iTunes will rank us and we can reach more people. Um, okay. Got a couple quick advertisements really quickly, and then we will get on with the show. Today's show as always is brought to you by Slenderella. This week's Slenderella Glow is the focus. It is a combination of the classic liver detoxing Slenderella shot plus a glow, a glow blend that basically makes you happier and um, allows for your hair and skin and nails to be healthier as well. So check that out for sure. We're also brought to you by Flabs to Fitness, bringing you 20-minute workouts you can do anywhere and personalized nutrition coaching. And Last but not least, we are brought to you by Paleo Valley today. Paleo Valley is a small mom and pop shop food company that produces superfood bars and um, grass-fed beef sticks. And I recently tried their new recipe for their grass-fed beef sticks and they're delicious. Uh, they're grass-fed, they are naturally fermented as well, so you get some good probiotic, probiotic benefits in there. And they're delicious. 
So um, they they fit into a keto diet, paleo diet, gluten free, soy free, grain free, etc., etc., dairy free. Yeah, they're good for you. And since they're grass fed, the fat in them has a lot of omega threes. So pretty kick ass. Um, if you use the code flabs to fitness at paleovalley.com, you will get, I believe it's 20% off of your purchase um, through the end of this month. So uh, that is the month of November 2017. So use the code F-L-A-B-S-T-O-F-I-T-N-E-S-S, flabs to fitness, all one word, at checkout at paleovalley.com and stock up on some great uh, fermented grass-fed beef sticks and superfood bars for your snacking pleasure. Okay, guys, thanks for hanging in there. Without further ado, here is today's podcast. Enjoy. How's everyone doing today? We're here in beautiful, sunny Westlake Hills, Austin, Texas, and I am joined with Allison Wojtovich from Flaps to Fitness, and we wanted to bring her on because even though she's usually the moderator for our How Do You Health podcast here, she is also a wonderful story as well. And when I say that, anyone that comes on here to the podcast has their own unique path to health and wellness, and she is no exception. Just like you guys. Yeah, exactly. So we wanted to finally showcase Allison because I think she has a very unique story, but um, it's only unique in a sense of saying that I don't think it's emphasized enough in this this community. So without further ado, Allison, can you tell us a little bit about your health and wellness? Yeah, let's talk about something no one wants to talk about, and that's eating disorders. and you know when when someone says eating disorders they they generally think of like the classic um diagnosable uh classic case of bulimia anorexia or binge eating disorder um and the the truth is that i think something like 80 percent of cases of disordered eating aren't necessarily eating disorders they're just disordered eating um and when i was beginning college they still hadn't named a lot of that yet. They just called it Ednos, which meant eating disorder not otherwise specified. Uh, which, yeah, I know Baldo's laughing. It's ridiculous. So is that a medical diagnosis? <laughs> That's they were they would use that as a diagnosis because there were so many like if you look at um, like what the uh, what's the book of psychology that they used to oh to, the DSM the DSM yes yeah. the DSM which like it's the diagnosis diagnostic tool for psycho. Um, the psycho- psychological issues, yep. that's the word. Um, and uh, if you look at any of the dictionary definitions of what an eating disorder was, it was just those three things. And they're very specific, like you do this if you're bulimic, but you don't do this if you're bulimic. And there were a lot of people who were showing symptoms of both anorexia and bulimia, which sounds weird, but like that happens, yeah. as well as binge eating and anorexia. And it, you know, it's just a very, it's a lot harder to diagnose an eating disorder than one might think. And so over the last five years, I've watched it evolve from people calling it Ednos to now they've created several new names for some of the more common ones that didn't fit into one of those three, including orthorexia. Um, Wait, orthorexia? So, yes, orthorexia is the latest coined term. It's kind of like the fourth eating disorder that people call now. And um, I would say I probably related closest to that one when I was in the throes of being very unhappy with myself and all that stuff. Um, But basically, orthorexia is defined as people being 
very obsessed with what they're eating. Um, usually they only want to eat what they deem is healthy, whether that's um, just general clean eating or like I have to be vegan or I can't consume any fat or I have to eat very strict paleo, whatever it is, like the person is obsessive about it to the point where they will like freak out if they don't have control over their food. Um, and on top of that, orthorexia is usually paired with obsessive working out. And sometimes it, um, they will use working out as a way to punish themselves for eating something that isn't within their strict guidelines or um, things along those lines. So it's, it's, like wow. someone, it's like someone who looks like they're trying to be healthy. Um, so it's a lot harder to find because, you know, like, you know me now, I just like to eat healthy because I feel good. Um, but when I first started trying to be healthy, which was when I went into college, um, I got obsessive with it. I thought like, no, if I'm going to do this healthy eating thing, I have to do it a hundred percent. Like I need to know everything that's going into my food. And like, um, I was not fat at all. Like I was an athletic kid growing up. I played sports growing up. And, um, when I quit sports to focus on theater, I still continued to work out. My dad used to play football so he used to take me for runs and he taught me how to weightlift and all that stuff like he was very active so he taught me and um when I got to college I just I don't know I, I I had always felt that I wasn't a very good athlete and so I guess I wanted to look like I was a good athlete even though I wasn't like an athlete at school um and so I started being obsessive with what I ate I had to work out every day and I like recorded everything that I ate and all of my workouts and I totally remember it turned into like a calorie counting game like if I ate over 1200 calories in a day I would flip out um, if I didn't burn like I don't even know if my calorie counting thing was right by the way but if I didn't burn like 600 or more calories in my workout I would be so mad because that means that I would have already eaten back my calories by lunchtime like it was it, it got really bad really yeah. fast and um, and no one knew that I was being that obsessive with it except for me. And um, my parents could tell when I came home for the holidays uh, that I had lost weight and I didn't need to lose weight, like I already said. And I mean, I'm like five six, five seven, and um, I was at a healthy weight to begin with. And um, so by the time I got home, I looked very tall and very like stretched out and like uh, my posture got really bad. I was depressed. I didn't like being at UT, all of that stuff, um, which is a whole, I should have loved UT. It's a great university, but I didn't want to go there. And so um, I was just kind of upset with the whole situation. And when I went home for Christmas break, my parents understandably were very concerned. And um, my mom kind of convinced me, like when we were making uh, Christmas cookies one day, she's like, come on, like, you love these Christmas cookies. Like, these are something we like enjoy together. Like, why don't you just have one? And I remember when I had one, it like spurred something in me that I was like, it was that, that mentality of like, you already had one, you blew it for the day. You may as well just eat as much as you can and like start over tomorrow. And so I think like that kind of like, um, mentality of like, okay, I should have a cheat day started my second semester of UT. And, um, and I, you know, thinking I was being very healthy with all of this, right, I was very on top of research. I was very much into the, the traditional research of weight loss. So, like, I liked the calorie counting. I liked um, whatever workouts could get me the biggest bang for their buck as far as calorie burn. Um, 
but I also was looking into the benefits of overeating sometimes, and there are some, especially if you're a chronic dieter, there's this hormone in you called leptin that gets suppressed, and um, if you undereat for so long, your body just stops producing leptin, which lowers your metabolism. So the benefit of a cheat day, quote unquote, I'm air quoting for the podcast listeners, um, the benefit of a cheat day is that it boosts your leptin and therefore boosts your metabolism. And if you play your cards right and your cheat day doesn't completely just like gain back all of the calories that you've cut throughout the week, it boosts your metabolism, gets it to be burning a little bit better, and therefore your overall like average calorie intake is still below what you're burning therefore you can still lose weight and your metabolism isn't shot so I found these studies saying this and I was like okay like I can do a cheat day a week like this will probably help me finally get down to whatever the heck I wanted to weigh I don't even know I don't even remember what I wanted to weigh anymore because weight doesn't matter to me anymore but um and uh, anyway, I started doing like one cheat day a week and I was very like specific with it, still tracking what I ate at first and only eating like a couple hundred calories over what I was supposed to and it was fine. But they quickly like turned into, oh, I want this ice cream. Oh, I want, um, I would like eat like whole bags of granola. Like it was the most random stuff. And um, I just, I don't know, like I, um, I, I stopped doing it once a week eventually and it became it became so like like I wanted to do it every day and so like these cheat days turned into like a couple a week and then like and it wasn't like I was binging every day but it, it was very much like that like reverse as much as I was like using not eating my first semester to deal with my stress and unhappiness I was using eating to deal with my stress and unhappiness the second semester and so like all of the weight that I lost in my first semester came back and then some and I was like my heaviest I had ever been that second semester and even less confident when I went home for the summer I didn't want to see anyone from high school because I knew I had gained weight and um so I I started like that summer I started really looking at okay like Clearly these fitness gurus know something that I don't because they seem to be able to eat a lot more than I was and they look a lot better than I do. Um, even when I was completely like skinny or whatever, I was like, they look better with their muscles and I wasn't getting muscles because I wasn't eating enough. So I started just um, looking at different uh, programs I could follow and all that stuff and um, really just stuck with my family that summer. I really didn't see anyone from high school that summer. I didn't want to. and. Um, and that kind of shows you again, like how I guess upset I was for whatever this change was in my life that I didn't want to happen. And, um, I found this program called if it fits your macros, which is very popular in the bodybuilding world. And at the time it was intuitive to me because it still included the calorie counting, but I was eating way more than I had ever eaten before when I was counting. And I lost the extra weight. I got back down to what my healthy weight was that I had started at, but I looked more muscular and it was good. And I learned how to weight lift like properly. I wasn't just exercising for calorie burn. I just truly liked to lift weight. So I stopped like tracking my calorie burn and started just lifting weights because I liked it. And um, it was great. I got back to the healthier weight by the time sophomore year started. And my sophomore year, um, a few things I think happened to improve my health. Um, one was I, I joined a sorority. 
I went through rush week and um, I was never like super involved in my sorority. I wasn't like the popular sorority girl and I'm not your typical like stereotype of a sorority girl, but it did give me a really good core group of friends and a lot of my other good friends, even if they weren't in that sorority, I met them because I was in my sorority. Um, so that like gave me some social health that I was severely lacking my freshman year at UT and it made me feel more comfortable on campus that I could recognize people and all that stuff. Um, the second thing was uh, I read 25 books that summer because I was not hanging out with anyone <laughs> and I was working um, at the front desk of a gym a lot which meant a lot of spare time. So one of those books was called It Starts With Food by Dallas and Melissa Hartwig. And when I saw it at Barnes and Noble on one of my many trips, I was like, oh, these people are promoting veganism and I hunt. So I was like, I'm not gonna go vegan. Um, but I picked it up just to see what it was and I was reading and they said something in the description about grass fed meat. And I was like, they eat meat, I can do this. So, yeah. so I, was, I read this book and it was all about them like explaining the science behind nutrition and, and not the science of calories in, calories out, but of inflammation and nutrient density and like, getting your body to burn fat rather than carbs and all of these things that I had never even thought about before when I was just so obsessed about the aesthetic side of it and their whole promise was like if you eat like this for 30 days you will have a different outlook on food and a lot of us know this program today is the whole 30 it is a strict paleo protocol um, and so the day after I pledged a sorority, I pledged to 30 days of paleo eating, which meant no drinking, no um, sweets, no sugar, <laughs> no caffeine afternoon as a sophomore in college. You're not supposed to drink when you're pledging and, you guys, right? And yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorority, Greek life is dry, guys. Um, so I did it. I finished it. And um, I lost any extra fat like I got like lean but it was muscular lean like I had like the beginnings of a six-pack like it was the weirdest thing I was like there is no freaking way that eating good food for me made me like look this good this fast <laughs> but like I was still motivated by the aesthetics at that point and let's be honest who isn't still a little bit right uh, we talk about it a lot but like that's not my main motivation anymore and um I think the whole 30 really changed that for me because the main tenant of the program is you're not allowed to weigh yourself. You're not allowed to measure anything. You're only allowed to notice like, am I sleeping better? Are my workouts better? Uh, do my clothes fit differently? Do I feel that I look differently? And you're allowed to take a before picture on day one and an after picture on day 31 and compare the two. And you can like weigh yourself before and after, but not during it. Um, so they're very focused on the mental, like step away from the diet game, learn how this food interacts with you and then we'll deal with like the weight loss later um and so after ha seeing how great i felt and like my acne cleared up um so many things like just clicked for me and my workouts were better than ever and so i was like i need to learn more about this and i just like went full paleo like so into it like it was like so fun for me to like take old recipes that I had loved and like turn them into paleo concoctions that tasted just like their like original one like I have a chicken fried steak recipe like all that stuff and it just it made me so excited and so happy and like I just had so much fun and before I knew it um flabs to fitness which had started as my Instagram before college that I would use to like look at like fitspo like posts like fitness inspiration posts flabs to fitness turned into a blog that I would post paleo recipes on 
And um, before long after that, like I realized, oh my gosh, I hate that this is just a blog. I'm going to turn it into a full website. And I started like learning about paleo companies that were around and not just here, but like across the nation and like this whole paleo movement, like I got right on it just as it was starting to get really big. And, um, and since then, like I've reincorporated each thing that isn't paleo, um, quote unquote. So that's like grains, dairy, legumes, um, including like peanuts and soy and corn. Well, well can you back up just a second? Can yeah. you explain what paleo is for the yes. people who don't know what paleo is? So as a diet, paleo focuses on, um, all grass-fed organic um, produce, um, largely vegetables, maybe a couple servings of fruit a day if you're if you have good blood sugar. Um, grass-fed and wild-caught meats. Um, game meat is prefer like preferred, um, which I'm lucky that I hunt and I have access to that. But um, yeah, if you're gonna like buy it at the store or whatever, you try to buy local grass-fed, wild-caught, all that stuff. Um, the fattier, the better. If it's grass-fed, like because. If it's grass-fed meat, it has a lot of omega-3s in it um, uh, versus conventional. It's got the inflammatory omega-6s in it. Um, If you're buying eggs, get them pasture-raised, organic. The the more orange the yolk, the better. Mm -hmm. Um, Lots of healthy fats, including avocado, um, olive oil, coconut oil, even grass-fed and pastured like lard and butter and ghee and things like that. Um, A couple servings of nuts, uh, almonds, macadamias, all that stuff. and trying to avoid uh, like seed oils, so like canola oil, uh, like just pretty much any oil you're gonna find in any restaurant besides Picnic, <laughs> um, they probably cook with a bad inflammatory oil. Um, and then you also avoid grains, including gluten-free grains, which is like corn and rice and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You avoid legumes, which is all beans and um, uh, soy and peanuts and dairy. And um, since then, uh, I've reincorporated each of those things at some point during my diet, and I know which ones bother me and which ones don't. Um, And paleo as a lifestyle and movement now is turning from being that strict and dogmatic with just the diet, and it's more about lifestyle. So um, over the last few years of uh, still, like, let, let's be real, like, eating disorders just don't just go away. I was never diagnosed with anything, so I say I had disordered eating. It wasn't an eating disorder. Um, but disordered eating doesn't just go away. I realize very much that it is very tied to my emotions. It's very tied to my environment um, and my social health. If I'm feeling lonely, if I feel like, um, for sure, if I'm alone, like, that's way a bigger chance of something to happen. Like, if I'm, like, get upset, like, you are much more likely to go eat an entire bag of chips with peanut butter, like, if you're by yourself, than, um, than like, if you're with your family or with your friends, right? Because so, why? No one's watching? Because no one's watching. And and you, it's it could be a combination of anything, but for me, I feel like it's because I work a lot, and so I feel like sometimes it turns into... Um, I'm home alone, I don't have my friends or my family around... And, um, I just get really anxious that I didn't get as much done as I wanted to do that day. Or I have something coming up that I'm worried about. And like, just the stress of those things, like, gets me to want to eat something. And the fact that I like know that now obviously is great. Um, but it's particularly bad when there's a big transition in my life. So like, after I came back from studying abroad in Italy, I didn't have a single issue of like, 
of eating disorder over there I was so happy but like I came back and I realized it was my senior year at UT and I was like what the hell am I gonna do I had no idea what I was gonna do with my life when I graduated and like I totally had a relapse and I like called my mom after and I was like I haven't done this since sophomore year what's happening and so it's just it's times of transition but like I think the biggest thing that you learn through this is to have grace with yourself realize what your triggers are and honestly like there's certain foods that if you have a disordered eating pattern like you will binge on them no matter what and it's like you start eating them and you won't stop like and I had the most random ones like granola <laughs> I love granola like that um dried mango was a thing for me for a while and fructose is bad for me anyway like I literally like break out if I eat too much fructose um which is a certain sugar in certain fruits. Um, but um, yeah, so I just had like things that were would probably be considered health food for most people. Like I just will overeat them to no extent and it doesn't matter how hungry or not I am, I just will overeat them. Um, but I know that so I don't buy those things. So it's just a lot of like manipulating your environment too. But um, yeah, I have, I, I guess, now, um, I would say that like a paleo diet is much more than a diet. It's figuring out what works for your body and what doesn't. Um, it's learning to have that social health. It's learning to get that outside time. It's learning to have the relaxation time and all that stuff and, and being okay with like admitting that like you aren't okay with certain things. And, um, as an actress as well, this is like always a big thing for me. I'm very bad at like internalizing everything. I like to think things through completely before I say them or before I do them. And oftentimes like you can't think through your emotions. You just have to let them happen. And so, um, a big part of paleo health is like being okay with showing your emotions and like having people that you can talk to about them with and all that stuff. So, um, it's more of an all around like movement for life. And obviously fitness is a part of it too. You want to work out for good movement, functional movement, being on your feet a lot during the day. Even if I'm on the computer, I try to stand a lot when I'm doing it, take a lap every once in a while, all that yeah. stuff. Um, but yeah, so I mean today it's just, I, I, I'm a personal trainer. I'm a certified personal trainer, nutritionist. I am very, have my, have my feet very much in the paleo sphere. I know a lot of the companies in the movement now, um, as well as the non-paleo. I mean, just the general health world has boomed the last few years. And so I do product reviews for them whenever I can, just to get them some more site traffic. Um, uh, my website has product reviews, tons of recipes, um, a wellness blog, all that stuff. And I do online coaching for nutrition and for workouts. And um, the biggest thing I see with nutrition still is like people just, I haven't talked to anyone who doesn't have some sort of disordered eating habit at some point during their life. And it's not even necessarily like, it might just be like, um, I don't even wanna say that. Like anyone who comes to me like needing a coach for their nutrition, has had some sort of like, I eat this because I'm stressed. And it's not even like I binge all the time or whatever. It was, it's not necessarily as bad as I got, but it's like, oh yeah, well, I always want chocolate when I'm stressed, you know, like they know that, you know, yeah. or, or just like, well, yeah, of course, if you give me that jar of almond butter, I'm going to eat the whole thing. And like, you know, if it's the latter one, I just think it's them like knowing that they love almond butter and they're like, yeah, I'll have a jar of almond butter once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll eat it and I'm done. Like, that's not a stress reaction, but like, people who know that they have certain emotions tied to certain foods, like 
that is like a sign that they might have something deeper. And um, every single person I have coached at some point like tells me, yeah, like I have to eat ice cream in the middle of the night or like, yeah, sure. I, yeah. And so it's just like, and it's, it's usually tied to something other than actually being hungry. Cause like yeah. you, you don't eat ice cream cause you're hungry. Like if you're hungry, you go and eat chicken and broccoli. Like right. So, and that's usually the test I give them. I'm like, if you want to know if it's a craving or not, ask yourself, could I replace whatever this thing is that I'm about to eat with chicken and broccoli and would I still want it? The answer is yes, you're hungry. Like go get some actual food. Yeah. The answer is no, you're craving it. Try and not eat that or like have a little taste and be done with it. Like, you know, um, so yeah, that's, that's my long and, uh, convoluted story that I don't really tell very often. Right. And I, I we um, feel honored that you were able to share that because it, it's an eating disorder is not something that does get talked about a lot, but yet it's not just a, it's not just a, a female issue, no. right? I mean, I know of so many guys, and it's common amongst the bodybuilders, but just anyone who's very healthy and lifts, they have eating issues, fixation issues. There's something wrong, their connection with food. And, I mean, you look at bodybuilders and they do protein, 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 mm-hmm. right? Meat and potatoes yeah. kind of deal. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, with, like, it sucks because, like, whatever the stigma is around it, like, people do think it's more of a female problem, but it's not, And, um, I think like so many people think like every person who comes to me for coaching help always is like, Hey, look, I know you're great at this stuff, but like, I don't understand like X, Y, Z, like you don't understand how bad my eating is. And I'm just kind of like, try me. Like you don't understand how bad I was probably, I said I'm nutrition certified and I am, but I'm in a, I'm in an advanced class right now. It's a year long program. I have to do a lesson a day. Um, I have a case study every other week that I need to write an essay on or take a test on. Um, and it's all about dealing with the behavior change involved with nutrition. And, um, I, they gave us a statistic the other day and I think that kind of made it up, but I think they're probably right or they're very close is like 98% of fitness and health professionals have had some sort of issue with body image or eating disorder in before they became what they are today. And I think it sucks that there's this stigma around health coaches that we're perfect and we have it all together. And like, we're looking down on you because you won't eat your kale and things like that. It's like, no, we're just further along on the journey. And we see that and we see ourselves and the people who are just starting because we used to be there and we just want to reach our hand back and say yo let me pull you up here like we want to make it easier for other people than it was for us because we didn't necessarily like have the humility to ask someone for help or if we did we see how much that person helped us and we want to do the same for someone else so it's it's all about like it's all about just caring for one another and helping each other because if you reach out to a health coach and they shame you for what you're doing fire them right away and find a new one because you're probably not going to find another one who will shame you like you probably found the one in a million person who's going to be a jerk about whatever issues you're having like if you are hiring a true health coach who actually cares about helping you and not just making money they will have been through some of this shit and understand where you're coming from um even if it's not an epic weight loss story, like mine wasn't an epic weight loss story, it could be a different battle entirely, like eating disorders. So there's going to be a health coach out there that can relate to whatever the thing is you're dealing with. And even if they 
their story doesn't relate exactly to yours, they still know that it's a journey and they're willing to help you. They can put themselves in your shoes because they know how hard it is to ask for help. Um, yeah. No, so, I, yeah. I agree that most people probably do have body image issues. Um, mm -hmm. I would be very hard pressed to talk to anyone who goes to the gym that's probably under the age of 40 that doesn't have some kind of body image. I mean, how many people post selfies of them at the gym, in the locker room afterwards, lifting, here's my gains, or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can even talk to, and I've been victim of this too, like you talk to someone like, when was the last time you worked out? Oh, it's been like two days. I can already feel myself getting smaller, right? <laughs> that was me, okay, yeah. I've been sick. Speaking of food sensitivities, if I eat gluten, my seasonal allergies come back and I accidentally had some gluten Thursday night. And like, like been sick since then. Yeah. Um, and I sound like a crazy person saying that, but it's literally sure. like if I drink alcohol, which I had a glass of red wine, and I eat gluten on accident, I had some Peruvian food that I don't know what was in it, my seasonal allergies come back. Yeah. Since going paleo, I haven't had seasonal allergies unless I accidentally get that stuff. Yeah. But I digress. I've been sick and mostly in bed for the last like four days. It's Wednesday now, and it started Friday. And, um, I haven't worked out since Friday and I feel so lazy yeah. <laughs> and that's crazy. My body's like, my body's trying to fight something else off. I shouldn't be feeling bad for not working out when I clearly need the rest. Yeah. But that's, a, that's a different thing as opposed to someone who isn't sick that says I haven't worked out in four days. They're probably driving themselves up a wall cause they're like, yeah. I'm not getting bigger. I'm getting smaller. <laughs> I'm missing out on all this, blah, blah, blah. And so like the body image thing, I think. I mean, I, I say I have a body image issue. Yeah. I mean, because why wouldn't you? If you look at, I mean, Halloween was yesterday, and you look at the costumes, <laughs> like the Superman costume. Like, I had a Superman shirt on yesterday, and it was like, you can see the six-pack on the shirt. Right. And then, like, you see uh, the kids that are wearing it. Like, it's not the Superman with the cape that we wore as kids. I mean, they have, like, the puffy, like, yes. muscles <laughs> costumes that they wear. It's like armor, and they wear them. And I'm thinking, like, there's a little five-year-old kid walking around with biceps on biceps and pecs out to here. <laughs> and I'm thinking, that's who he thinks a strong man is. Yeah. And that's, that's and, and I have to almost tell my sons that it's not going to be the case. Like, I don't care about you having a six-pack or an eight-pack. But it's weird because I do. Right. I feel like I care about it, right? Because yeah. the thing is, it's not, like, me growing up looking at the ultimate body and women always the ones to say this and I'm glad you bring this up women will say I feel shamed because you see the models on TV and in the papers and in the, in the articles and, and, and just advertisements you see them have this certain type of physique right. that's almost unattainable for certain people guys are almost the same way okay. and, I, and you know what's funny this is an old trainer's trick so if you look at the infomercials uh -huh. right and they say the before and afters right. and it's usually a person that you know probably has a pretty big dramatic weight loss like right. 30 60 pounds or something but then you see like this guy uh who does like a shred 30-day challenge and then he went from like having like i don't know seven percent body fat to like five percent body fat or something like that right. and i'm thinking like did he just stick his stomach out a little bit more because <laughs> like his chest was fine his arms are fine it was just like the belly it doesn't look that much different yeah it doesn't yeah. look that much belly so i'm thinking like they're probably just like a bunch of crap before they ate a bunch of crap and then they just detox and then they mm -hmm. got skinny but like even then 
you look at it and you judge it and you say, wow, I could improve on those levels. I could improve over there. And then you start thinking like, all right, you see all these other guys posting just like the females are posting and saying, damn, how is he getting those abs? I didn't even know I had those muscles over there. Right. There's there's a, a meme that's been going around about lifters for a few years now. And it's like a picture of a guy, um, He's a YouTuber, but basically it's a screenshot of one of his videos, and it's him saying, the day you started lifting was the day you were forever small. Like, the day you became forever small. Yeah, that's true. It's true. You see guys begin weightlifting, and they're super excited to, like, get some muscles and stuff, and they're like, oh, yeah, I just want to, like, have some, like, more cut arms, and as soon as they get to that, they don't think they look good. Yeah, they're like, I got a little bit more to work on. I just want to gain a little bit more weight, and it's funny because the guys always want to gain weight because they're gaining muscle, and women always want to lose weight, but, like... Um, I don't know if they've done this to the reverse on women. I'm sure they have, but I've for sure seen this study um, uh, asking men and women what their ideal female body type was. And women, um, like, women put this, like, they, like, chose a very skinny one, basically, like, just above anorexic skinny as, like, that's what I want to look like. And on average, the men chose, like, three or four levels higher than that yeah. like basically the average woman like like a healthy looking woman um and it was great to see the comparison because like all of these women were like well men want this like it's supermodel skinny it's just just above anorexia and then like all the men were like no we actually kind of want this like I, Sarah, I don't know any guys that find that attractive i, know. I, I really the, the 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 very skinny like just thin i mean no offense to anyone if that's just naturally how you are yeah, i mean that's just how some that. people have that but to try to work towards getting that way. Yeah. It's it's not what guys want. I mean, it's, it's, it's weird because then you hear about, like, you know, the plastic surgeons that are down the road who are doing these Brazilian butt lifts. Yeah. And they're taking fat and putting it in other places, you yeah. know, and you have plump lips and all that. It's just – it's so odd because we have someone who literally says, I want to look a certain way here because this makes me feel pretty. Right. And they do everything they can to do that. And then there's a person sitting right next to them, judging them, saying, whatever that person's doing is not looking good on them. Yeah. They need to stop that. And it's crazy because we're so judgmental about it. And the one day that when everyone can feel comfortable in their own skin yeah. is a day that we'll learn that we can appreciate the food that we're eating and it's not, you know, going to make us sick. It's not going to make us feel you know, bigger or whatever, but it's going to be something that's just part of our lifestyle. Lifting right. weights is going to say, I, I lift because it makes me feel good, right. right? I cook because I like cooking, not because I want to cook a whole cookie shape of, of, of cookies or, right. or brownies or whatever. And I think, and I think the transparency of the health industry is starting to happen. Um, this whole like revolution of social media and everything has like allowed us to create these picture perfect lives, especially on Instagram. Oh yeah. Where it is, Everyone's like, having a good day. Where, yeah, where <laughs> it's like you pick the best picture from that day and you post it. And yeah. so it just, it's a highlight reel. Yeah. Um, but I think more and more people are realizing that that's not what we need or want anymore. So I think what I've been trying to do for my own social health, um, as well as just like letting other people know, Hey, like, I'm not perfect. Like, please stop thinking that I'm perfect. Like, cause when people say that to me, I'm, I'm floored every single time. I'm just like, you don't realize the crazy that's going up in here. You realize I think yeah. about Shakespeare a lot, right? Like yeah. I'm, I'm not like you know, Shakespeare was twisted too. Shakespeare was very twisted. And that's a whole nother story. That's like my passion other than health. Like, but yeah, but like, so like lately I've been trying to tell people like, Hey, just by the way, like, 
I'm breaking the heck out again. Like, my acne is so bad right now, and, like, luckily I have makeup to help with it, but, like, um, John knows this, but, like, I gave up birth control nine months ago now, ten months ago now. I gave it up in January, so ten months ago, and, um, 11 today, and, um, I, my hormones have still been screwed up, and, like, since giving it up, like, my acne was fine for the first few months, and it's slowly been creeping back in, and, like, if it's on your cheeks, it's a sign that it's hormonal issues, and that's all where I've been breaking out, and so I've been trying to be open with that with, like, any of my, like, friends or, like, followers on social media because, like, I'm just trying to figure this out. Like, I always attribute, like, my food and lifestyle and things like that to my hormonal balance, and it's been completely off since giving up birth control. So, like, that's my latest thing of just trying to, like, be transparent about it. Like, like I might talk about how um, eating well and sleeping well and working out, like, help your skin and your health and everything, and they do, but something is off right now. Whatever, I don't know if birth control can throw you off, and I'm sure it can, but I don't know what it takes to realign that. So I'm on my own journey right now of trying to fix that because, like, my cycle hasn't come back since then, and that's not healthy. So, like, clearly something's up. So it's it's always a process for even people who call themselves health or wellness professionals. And, like, I think the more we become honest with that and the more we just admit that to one another, it's going to become less taboo to be imperfect. And um, we'll, we'll help each other reach long-standing health over the long term um and I think that's the ultimate goal at least for me like I just I want people to know that like this didn't happen like me knowing all of this stuff didn't happen overnight so like don't feel like you have to know things overnight either change happens one thing at a time and it usually takes two to four weeks to form a habit so like just think about it like that you know um the time's gonna pass either way so it's worth it to start now but don't think you have to do it all at once because it's you're setting yourself up for failure if that's the case yeah and we 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 mentioned that here at msw lounge we say hey this is a marathon right this is not a sprint so we haven't figured this out by no means are we the experts we're just saying here's our story here's what's worked for us here's what other people have said but we're also saying we're we're going on this together like our path is here so like Allison brings something very unique in that sense of saying that she is opening up about this taboo that not only affects women, but affects men like myself too, because we have these standards that we have to uphold to. And at the same time, we want to make sure they're realistic goals. And whether it is trying to lose weight and feel better about yourself, sleeping better, or whether it's being comfortable in your own skin, whatever it's going to take there's going to be days where it's going to be ups and downs, right? It's not Instagram yeah. photos all the and time. And can I just say, too, like, thinking that losing weight is going to make you happier is not going to work. Like, happiness, as cliche as it is, happiness is a choice. And you might feel better and be healthier once you lose the weight. But you're still going to find something else on yourself to judge. So, oh, yeah. like, just because you lost the 50 pounds doesn't mean you're going to look at yourself and be like, I look great. This is awesome. I'm done now. Like you're going to find something else. That's just what happens. Yeah. That depression's still there. (laughs) And it it sucks to say that, but that's how we are to ourselves. So like, instead of saying like, once I lose this weight, I'm going to be happy. Once I lose this weight, um, things are going to be great. Like say, no, I am working towards this goal and it makes me happy that I'm on this way to that goal. And be happy like with yourself once you do reach that goal, but be okay to know that that goal is going to change. You're going to lose the weight, and then you're going to say, well, now I think I look too skinny. I want muscles. I want to gain more <laughs> weight again. Like, and it's, it, that's what people do. We're ever-evolving, but like, don't, don't think that a health goal is going to be your happiness destination because it's not. 
like it's it's just not you need to you need to look at your body and respect it as something that you live in you are doing these things because you want it to be the best place you can live in and you want to fuel it well because it feels good and it'll help you live longer and see your grandkids or whatever and you want to put it under pressure like weightlifting and yoga and running because that helps it stay stay here longer too just you need to look at it as as a as a caretaking facility um rather than I have to beat this thing up because it's it sucks and I don't like it like as as soon as you start respecting it it will start responding much better than you ever thought it would right. and and you'll be happier with it in the long term whatever your size is so I well said well, I, we'll end on that that's that's great uh Allison is flap to fitness and how can they find you um flabs to fitness.com f-l-a-b-s-t-o fitness.com I'm on all the social medias at Flaps to Fitness, and I'm at MSW Lounge at least three times a week doing brand management here. So. That's right. So if you <laughs> if you do want to talk to her and maybe get a little more inspiration, maybe it's you know a little more focused to what you're dealing with, come up here. Come to MSW Lounge. You'll see Allison here. She'll be smiling. She'll make you a drink, and uh, you know you'll you'll start learning about how what you can do. But we're all in this together, and that's the biggest story here. Her story is our story. So keep that in mind. But I wanted to thank Allison for sharing that. Come see us, Westlake Hills at MSW Lounge. Y'all take care.